I'm in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. I want to read verses 1 through 3 from the prophet's book. 1 Samuel chapter 3, the word of God says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of God was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. Now it happened that Eli, his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he couldn't see that well. And the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of the covenant of the Lord was. And the Lord called to Samuel and he said, Here am I. Pray with me. It's in your name we've come, Jesus. We pray that you would bring about conviction, conversion, and our lives would be the better for sitting in your presence this Sabbath. We give you praise and thanks in the mighty name of Jesus who we call the Christ and the church says, amen, amen and amen. You know, j just imagine with me for a moment that you, you left and you moved out of California, went to live in Hawaii or went to live in Trinidad or Mexico, wherever you choose to, 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 to migrate or you went off to college or something like that. And you came back to the ground like three years later and it was one of the high Sabbaths. It was one of the Sabbaths where the church was supposed to be ram-crammed, filled to capacity. And, and when you walked into the church, there were like five people. And they said, this is, this is the best we've had in a long time. Five people? After three years? What would, I mean, what would be your expression? You'd be like, man, what in the world happened? The grand used to be the happening place. This, this, this was the church with the buzz. I mean, this is the place where, I mean, when you're talking about church, I mean, a church with hype, a church with possess, it was the grand. And they'd be like, well, and all of a sudden we'll, we'll start pointing fingers, you know. Man, I, I think it's Pastor Henderson, and you'd be correct. You know, I think, I, I think it's Pastor Thomas, because the Bible says if the blind leads the blind, guess what would happen, right? So you'd be like, what happened? Is it, is it the elders? Is, is it the praise team? I mean, what went wrong? It, the, the church was no longer multi-ethnic. There was no longer folks to greet you at the door. There was no longer um, Uncle Pharrell saying, welcome to the grand with the southern thing. No longer children's story. What happened? And, and this is what happened in Israel. All of a sudden, the author of Samuel is writing and he is writing with a sense of, 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 of dismay and doubt. What happened to Israel? How in the world does God's people get to this place? How could they be so dry and, and dull and unrevived? How could God's, the, the, the children of Israel get to a place where they become so unrevived, where they become so cold and, 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 and um, indignant almost? Why? And here are the words in verse 2, verse, verse, verse 1 says, sorry, that the word of God it was rare. No one could seek direction. No one heard that still small voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. No one knew what was right or wrong anymore because the, the, their judge, their guide, their leader, 
he hardly spoke anymore. It was almost as if they felt that he gave them the silent treatment. The word of God was rare and visions were infrequent. Wow. And then verse 3 um, kind of puts the nail in the coffin. Verse 3 says that the lamp of God had almost gone out. The lamp of God. It, it's, it's an amazing passage to read how a great people whose, whose president, whose leader, whose king, whose director was God himself. You can imagine the one who created you is like your president. I mean, how, I mean what, what, what better leader could, could you possibly ask for? You could never go wrong. The same people who had God guide them with a, with, 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 with a pillar of fire by night and a, and, and, and a cloud by day. The, the, the people who had God opened the Red Sea and proved himself time and time again. No, no, they didn't hear from God anymore. I guess to an extent they didn't want to, they didn't care to. How do we get to that place? I mean, Israel, you, you know the name Israel? It, it, you, you know where it came from, right? There was once um, one of the great-grandfathers of, of the children of Israel. His name was Jacob, and he got a name Jacob because he was a crook. He was a downright thief from birth, and they named him Jacob, meaning you are such a rotten, conniving, crafty, crooked crook. That's why they call him Jacob. A scam artist and Jacob the Bible says in Genesis 24 and verse 32 he, he, he had a rendezvous with, with the Lord God Almighty and he fought with God he was tired of being his old self he was tired of doing things his way and, 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 and having to be dishonest to, to get ahead in life and elbowing his way um, um, through the corporate through corporate his, his, through corporate Israel he was tired of that and he wrestled with God and God changed his name. Hallelujah. He was no longer thief, supplanter, crook, dishonest. No, his name was Israel, which means one who had wrestled with God and overcome. That's his name. So how, how, how do you carry the name of Israel? How do you carry the name of one who had wrestled with God and had won? And all of a sudden, you, 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 you don't have a relationship with him anymore? You don't get no visions from him, him anymore? You're not caring in his word anymore. How do we get to that place where we, one, one week, one week we are on fire for God. The message has stirred us. It has, it, it has captivated our hearts and changed our lives. And we want to save the world for Jesus. How do we get there? And then you get to the point where you're just content to be a pew warmer. You know what I mean? How do you get there? You know, I am. Um, so I travel a lot and do revivals in several different churches and so on. And... Before I preach, I would pray. You know, I, I've learned that if you hang around the church long enough, you can learn a bunch of cliches that make you look religious, that make you look real spiritual. I mean, you can fake the funk real good in a place like church. You just learn all the prayers like, Lord, bless us in a mark way and in a special way and fail not to grant what we have requested. You know what I'm saying? You learn all the right prayers, all the right sayings, and folks would think that you're spiritual. Folks would think you're near to God. So I, I mean, I've fallen into the category. So I would pray this prayer, right? I'd be like, Lord, use me like you have never used me before. Because people would pray that prayer for me before I preach. I'm like, yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, do that, Jesus. And then one, one day I was praying this prayer. I had to preach at this packed out church. 
I'm like, man, Lord, I'm nervous, so you better use me like you've never used me before. And then I heard the still small voice saying, Dex, I can only use you like I've never used you before when you have prayed like you've never prayed before. Amen. I can only use you like I've never used you before when you have sought my face in my word like you've never read before. I can only use you like I've never used you before when you have shared your faith, when you have witnessed and, 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 and tell the love of Jesus to your neighbors and your co-workers. I can use you like I've never used you before when you have witnessed like you've never witnessed before. And I kind of changed my mind. I'm like, well, Lord, use me anyhow you want to use me then. <laughs> and what's the issue? The issue is that we, we get to the place sometimes where we, we just want to coast. We don't want to be challenged. We don't want to be bothered. And, and it, it's amazing that, that one day you're on fire for God. You're, you're, you're hot and you're excited for Jesus. You're in his word. You're praying on mornings. You're seeking his face. You're, you're sharing your faith. And what? happens that we become cold you know sometimes i experience the third heaven when i'm on my knees when i feel swept away by his shekinah glory i feel i, I feel as if i have entered the, the, the portals of heaven itself and i could just reach out and touch god because he is so close Hallelujah. and then sometimes i go for months and at times i don't even know if god is there what happens well, you know what happens in my experience? A lot of times, I, I, I simply get busy. Sometimes I get so busy working for God that I don't have time for God. Sometimes I, I, I just get busy. Sometimes, sometimes the pleasures of this world becomes more fun than the things of God. Sometimes I enjoy other things more than I enjoy. Sometimes God is just downright boring. I don't feel him like that anymore. How do we get to that place? You know, um, I read a poem in my devotion sometime a few weeks ago. It says, um, it says, give me three dollars. I mean, it says, um, I want to buy three dollars worth of God. Not enough to explode my soul or to disturb my sleep, but just enough that it, it, it equals um, a warm cup of milk and a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want too much of God that it makes me want to leave the pleasantries of the pews and challenge me into the problems of the public. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb and not the new birth. Don't, don't you feel like that sometimes? You just want enough of God. Not, not too much to bother you or to, or to actually change you, but just enough to palliate your conscience and, and make you feel good about yourself. You, 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 you feel me? Just enough so that I can, I can feel like a Christian, even though I don't live like one. I, just enough of God so that I can, I, folks can think I'm a good person, but in reality I'm rotten to the core. Give me enough of God. Don't, don't you feel like that sometimes? I don't want too much. It's like, you know, you know, no. I want enough of God, but just as long as the sermon don't, don't run too long, as long as the, the, the facilities in church is nice enough, as long as the choir can, can help me get my praise on, but, but I don't want too much of Jesus where I'm challenged to live right, where I'm challenged to, to help the hurt and the, 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 those who have hang-ups and, and need healing. Not enough! 
that would want me to go and minister to the, the bruised and the broken. Give me in, in, enough of God so that I can, I can be called a Christian. Yes. Some passage says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6 that in the last days, folks would have a form of godliness but actually deny the power thereof. And you know, church, I have come to the place where I have realized we have as much of God as we want. Amen. Come again, preacher. We have enough of God. We have sought God to the place where we are satisfied and we're good. When we get to that place, we set up camp, we pull out our sleeping bags, and we kick back and we chill. That's all I want. I, I, I don't need to go much further. I, I, I don't need to be challenged much. Just, just, I mean, please, please, Pastor Henderson, just preach, preach those teddy bear Jesus sermons. Come on. Just make me feel that, 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 that I, am, I am healthy, I am well, and, and God loves me no matter how bad or ignorant I behave. He just loves me. Just, just give me that. But don't challenge me to actually treat my wife good when she's acting crazy. Don't do that to me. Don't challenge me to actually be patient with my, with my kids when I want to swing on them. Don't, don't, don't bring too much of God in my life. No, 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 no. Just, just give me enough so that I can, I can fly off the, my, my rockers. I can lose my temper and justify it by saying I'm, I'm only human. Don't, don't give me too much of God. Not too much. But what I've learned, church, is that when passion for God fills our lives, then passion for everything takes its rightful place Amen. and has its right level. When that hunger and that burning desire to want more of Jesus is, 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 is become a, a, a fire that shut up in our bones, then it's when our, our, our entire lives take on new meaning. You know, a lot of times you, we, we go through life and, and, and we feel dry and, 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 and it's losing meaning and you don't feel as if you have a sense of purpose. And a lot of times, it's, it's, it's just indicative of the fact that, that we are disconnected, that we are not hungry, we are not yearning. I heard Jesus saying in Matthew 5 and verse 8, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Yes, Jesus said, they shall be filled. Now notice church, he did not say, blessed are they who are full. He said, blessed are they who are hungry. Think about folks who are full. They cast caution to the wind. They become aloof. They, they take long 12-hour cat naps because they are full. But Jesus is saying the blessing is not for the full. The blessing is for the hungry. The blessing is for those who are always on their tiptoes, wanting more of God, yearning for more of Jesus, wanting a deeper, a, a more lasting experience, have a crave. The blessing is for those who can pray like the psalmist as the dead pants after the water brook. So my soul yearns after thee, O God, alone for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him in his holy temple? The blessings are for those who pray like David in Psalms 27 and verse 4 one thing have I desired of the Lord and that one thing would I seek for that I may dwell in his house and inquire in his temple and behold the beauty of the Lord that's who the blessings is for it's, it's for those who are hungry it's for those who are thirsty it's, it's for those who who want to make a difference and you know what's interesting in my little made up I pray God parable of what the grand might be in three years is that a lot of the people who would complain have always been complaining. A lot of the people who would talk about what needed to be done 
all they did for their entire church experience is sit on the sideline and never got into the game. They, 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 they knew that Kobe should have made that shot. They knew that the Lakers should not have lost to the Rockets. They knew that we would get in the game. If you know so much, get in the, get in the, get, get in the game. All they did was just talk about what should be done and what could be done. And, and they thought that their spiritual gift was talking and criticizing and critiquing. That was their spiritual gift. They did nothing about the problem. They were not a part of the solution. And what I've learned, church, what I've learned, church, is when you don't help, you're hindering. Is when you're not part of, of the solution, then you're part of the problems. Hello? You know, a young, um, young man was giving problems with his parents. And they took him to the pastor. I don't know why, but she took him to the pastor. And he came to the pastor with his little brother. And the little brother stayed in the waiting room. And he came into the pastor's office. And the pastor looked the little boy in the eye. And the pastor said, where is God? And the little boy started trembling. The pastor said, where is God? And the little boy looked to the left and he looked to the right and he darted out the office and he grabbed his little brother. He said, come on, man, let's bounce. Someone stole God and they're trying to pin it on us, man. <laughs> but you know, sometimes I feel like someone stole God. Sometimes you look all through your life and there is, is godless. It's empty. It's, it's void of his power and his presence. So you, you don't feel like sometimes you, you have lost God. And, and the question you ask when you have lost something in your house is where was, where, where was the last place I left it? Amen. You walk back in your mind, and where, 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 where was the last time I saw that thing? And you, you ask yourself, where, where was the last place I, I, I left God? Could it be when you, when you used to be on your knees at six o'clock in the morning? Could it be when you, when you would just open his word and, and read and, and, and hear his words? Could, could, could it be when you did devotion with the kids and you would sing the, the, the beautiful songs and the praise? Could that be? The time when you had him? Could it be the time when even on the job you would, you, 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 you would seek his face and you would, you, you would share bits and pieces of how God had touched and transformed your life? Where, where, where did you lose him? Where did you, you see, and, 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 and I know I've lost him. I know I've lost him when, 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 when I no longer care for those who are unfortunate. I know I've lost him when I've lost the desire to even seek his face in prayer. And I don't even care to read his word anymore. I've, I know I've lost him, church. When I don't care to even share with people about his love, even though I know just one little word, one little psalm I can read to them and it's going to open their hearts and, 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 and take them away from the depressive, suicidal feeling that they're experiencing. I know I've lost him when there is not, not even a desire to seek him. And sometimes my prayer church to God is, is Lord, give me the desire to desire you. Give me the yearning to yearn for you. I, I don't feel it, Jesus, but I don't want to, be, to keep living a, 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 a shallow spiritual existence. I don't want to just be a church goer and a pew warmer. I want to be a God chaser, a God seeker. I want you, God. I want you. I want to live in your presence. I want to feel the fullness of your anointing. I don't want to be dry. I don't want to be like, I want God. Have you felt like that before? I want to truly pray like that young girl. She said, Lord, fill me to overflowing. She said, I can't hold a great deal, but I can overflow a lot. Amen. I want hunger, church. I want desire. I want yearning. I refuse, I refuse to keep living a dry 
godless experience. How about you this morning? Do you want to say, Pastor, I want more of my spiritual experience. I want more of my walk with God. I don't want to keep living as I'm living, man. I, I want to seek his face. I want to, I want to feel his presence and feel his power. And I, I heard Jesus saying something. He said, if you, if you ask, you shall receive. And if you seek, you shall find. And if you knock, man, them, them doors are going to start opening. You want to experience? You know, I love the song, the hymn that we're going to sing, 327. It says, I'd rather have Jesus and silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread swain. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Is that your prayer? Do you want to be more hungry? Then stand with me. I want to pray that hunger prayer for you. I want to pray that yearning prayer, that desire prayer for you. Do you want to take your walk with God to another place? Amen. As he has called you? You want to refuse to just be satisfied with, with where you are? Then stand with me as we pray. Father, we bless you for, for this challenging experience. Lord, we, we want more of you, Jesus. Father, let it not be said of us that we sought you to the point where you palliated our consciences and that's all we needed. We want it to be said of us that we were the ones you prayed for, that we blessed because we hunger and thirst after your righteousness. And as we pray, and our heads are bowed and we're seeking God's face in our hearts, is there someone today? You want to say, Pastor Thomas, I, I haven't made a decision to accept Jesus as my, my savior, my best friend. I, man, I've just been existing. I haven't been living. And hear what the word of God says, that Christ came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. You want that. If you want that, you haven't been baptized and you, you want to make that decision. I want to do something really quickly. I want you to bravely and boldly, it's a big step, step out of your pews and come join me. People are praying for you right now. People are loving you into God's kingdom right now. I want you to come and join me really quickly. You want to give your heart to him. You, wanna, you want him to transform your life. You haven't made that decision. You want prayer. You want to be studied with. Just come join me really quickly. Come on down. People are praying for you right now. Come on down, really quickly. You want someone to, to walk with you to the altar. Let's, let's squeeze their hands and, and walk with them. There's somebody in this place who wants to make such a decision. Come. Father, thank you for the way you have blessed your church. Thank you for the way you are leading us into greener pastures. We pray, O oh God, that we will not sit on this word, but that it would explode in our hearts into igniting a fire in us, O oh God, so that we would seek your face and we would share your word and we would love the unlovable. Bless us now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
the sun has been around for a long time It still has the ability to shine And although the moon lights up the night Sometimes it likes to hang out in the sunshine And although green grass sometimes turns brown It's refreshed when raindrops come falling down Creation starts and then it's renewed by a single touch from you. So I depend on you. No matter what I do, I know you'll always come through. You'll never change the rules. I can depend on always next of you still the same everlasting love for me so heavenly that's the always without a calendar and the breezes know how and when to blow never have to wonder where the water goes cause it flows home to the ocean floor everything reacting in common sense when placed beneath the awe of your omnipotence please Lord just show me how I should live so glory I can give, I depend on you No matter what I do I know you'll always come through You'll never change the rules I can depend on Be always next You're faithful, so heavenly, that's the always It's so simple when I do things your way. So I try every day, but sometimes my path can get hard. Even when I start off with the best of intentions, I get weak and fall short. And I know when I'm down, you'll be there to pick me up. Cause your love will never waver. No, 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 no. You're still the same. So. 
God. 